Welcome, friends. Thank you for joining me for The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. My name is Gwen DeSelm, and it is my pleasure to be your host for this weekly podcast that brings biblical teaching to everyday people in ways we can understand and put into practice. Our teacher is Dave DeSelm. Dave spent over 40 years in pastoral ministry, planting, growing, and leading a church. Currently, he is the executive director of Dave DeSelm Ministries, offering resources for everyday pastors and the people they lead, such as a blog, devotionals, individual and group coaching, speaking, and more. You can find out more about us at davedeselmministries.org. Today, we're going to return one more time to our study of the APEST, the five roles listed in Ephesians 4 that God has given to us so that together we can build up the body of Christ, making it strong and mature. In Dave's original teaching, he shared some diagrams that helped illustrate his message. If you're one of those folks for whom having a visual helps you learn, never fear, we have made those diagrams available for you in this episode's show notes. And if you haven't done so yet, you may want to take that free online assessment to help you uncover the role that God has given you to play. Links to both those resources can be found at davedeselmministries.org slash podcast slash 095. Now let's join Dave for part three of Finding Your Place. Let's take our Bibles in hand, shall we? And open them up one more time to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We've been making steady progress through this book now for several months where the Apostle Paul wrote a very real letter to some very real people. These everyday saints lived in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, in the city of Ephesus. But we've discovered something quite remarkable. Not only are the truths that he wrote about relevant to and applicable to their lives, but they are as to us as well which once more is evidence of the fact that the Spirit of God, who really was behind the penning of these words, can work down through the years to all kinds of everyday saints. Ephesians chapter 4, one more time, familiar words now beginning in verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Down to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We begin this realizing in verse 7 that the apostle says that Christ gave us grace, grace to us. And I told you a couple weeks back, don't think saving grace, think serving grace. You've been given grace, gift, capacity, ability to serve the greater body of Christ. And Jesus chose which one to give you and in what measure to give it to you. Grace, gift, capacity has been given to you as he apportioned it. What we said was that these are called the fivefold or the apest, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. A couple words there. First of all, in your text it says pastor. I use shepherd to uh, get away from some kind of an idea that this has to be some kind of an official position as a pastor. The same Greek word is used for pastor or shepherd. So it's the word shepherd there. 
So one, this is not about an official role. That is to say, you have to be a church staff member or a seminary grad to have this. That's simply not true. To each one of us, this has been given as Christ apportioned it. The other thing to understand is, unlike some traditions which would say, only a few of these are still operational, I see nothing in this text that says they aren't. Now, to be sure, you say, well, there was an apostle John, there was the apostle Peter. I'm not that. I understand that there were those first century apostles. But there can still be an apostolic calling, gifting, a capacity to want to start new things, to do new things. We talked about this in former weeks because you have an apostolic mindset. You're an entrepreneur. Or maybe they thought, well, I thought the Old Testament prophets were like Isaiah and Elijah. Aren't they all dead? Well, they are dead. And those were prophets, if you will, of old. But there can be a prophetic gifting where you have a sense of call to righteousness and justice, and something rises up inside of you against wrong. Or perhaps you have a sense sometimes when you pray for somebody, there'll be a sense of a word, an image, maybe you have a dream, and you say, does this mean anything to you? Does this resonate with you? And they say, yeah, you've got a prophetic bent. Or maybe you're evangelistic, maybe you're a shepherd, or maybe you're a teacher. I was talking to one of my prayer partners first gathering, I said, Bill, how'd you assess out? He said, well, I'm, I'm a teacher prophet. I was surprised. I'm no teacher. Well, I know Bill pretty well. I said, well, don't think standing on a stage, don't think standing in a, behind a lecture in a classroom. I said, Bill, you've got a heart for God's word. Yeah. And you love to see people understand it and apply it. Yeah. And when you're, he said, when I'm in my small group, sometimes we'll do this and someone will say, I didn't see that, Bill. I said, Bill guess what you are? He said, I'm a teacher. (laughs) Bingo. And Bill also has this sense of, he really longs for the kingdom to come, and he longs to see God's rule and reign, and he just cries out in prayer for it. And I said, what's your number two, Bill? He said, prophet. I said, Bill, look what you are. He said, yeah. That's the kind of fulfillment and joy you get when you begin to recognize this is how God made you. Now, I'm going to do all kinds of drawing this morning, and you'll understand why I'm a terrible artist and even a worse writer. But nonetheless, here we go. What you're going to discover is Mickey Mouse. No. What you're going to discover (laughs) is that you have what could be called your base gift. This is your number one. This is the one that you assessed out the highest. It's the one you're most comfortable with. It's the one you typically naturally deflect or defer to. It's the one that gets you the most fruitfulness. For me, I'm a base teacher. I'm a base teacher, okay? You may be a base shepherd, a base evangelist. And you need to understand that because we need you to really lead with that. Now, a few implications that, though, I want you to understand. There will be times that it's really important for you to phase into one of the other of the fivefold. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd. Here's what I want you to understand. You can't simply get away with the fact, I'm a teacher, I don't do that shepherding jazz. I don't do that care for people stuff. Let somebody else do that. I'm a teacher. You can't do that. You're also part of the body of Christ. 
you also need to understand that to varying degrees, you do have capacity there. So it's going to be important as the body has need and you have opportunity to phase to that. Are you tracking with me on this? You step into it. Now, this is a good thing to do for several reasons. One, you may be God's person at that time. They need the word of a shepherd, and there's nobody else to give it. You're the one. Give them the word of comfort, of encouragement. But here's the other thing. As you phase into things, you begin to grow stronger in that. And when you then return back to your base, you're better at that. When I phase into shepherding and care for people and encourage people, I not only grow in my skill, when I come back to teach, I teach with much more compassion. That's marked me. When I phase, and these two are my two low ones, when I phase into evangelists, I can't get away with the idea, I just don't talk about Jesus. You evangelists do that. No. There's a time and a place for me to share Christ with people. And when I go there, I begin to get stronger in that. And when I return back to teaching, I come back now with a greater heart for lost people. That makes sense? So don't say you don't do it. You can do it. You need to do it. This becomes something where you grow in your maturity. Now, in looking at this, though, mark it well. You have energy, you've got grace. To each one of us, grace is given. You've been given more grace, if you will, in your base. When I phase into this shepherding, I run out of gas quicker than here. I lose energy. I lose fruitfulness. After a while, I recognize I can only do this so long. People, I'll use Becky for an example. Becky loves being around people. She pours herself into people. She's wise with people. People, after a while, think, I don't want to be around people. People drain me. And so I recognize about that time, before I embarrass myself and say, get out of here, I better step away from being a shepherd. I'm out of gas. I'm out of grace. I'm out of grace, okay? Periodically, I'm asked to speak uh, in a summer Bible conference. I was last year uh, up in western Michigan, and often I teach the morning Bible class, and I love it, five or six straight days, about an hour, I teach the Bible. But I'm also asked then to do the evening evangelistic services. Some of you have been to camps like that, morning's Bible study, evening they have big older call and all that kind of stuff. I loved teaching in the morning. I taught five straight days, loved it, loved it, loved it. About night three... I was out of gas, and they wanted me to give a big altar call, and I thought, do you want to come to Jesus or not? I don't have time for you. (laughs) I didn't. I was out of gas. I'm not going to get invited back to that one, probably. (laughs) At least not as the evening evangelist. That's just not me. It's just not me, okay? So those are some things for... (laughs) Those are some things for you to understand your base and your phase, and uh, working with others in community and letting people encourage you with that. Uh, And you can learn more about that uh, over time. You're listening to The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. Dave will continue his message in just a moment. 
Well, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Then help others find us by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. You can also support us in this ministry. Just go to davedesellministries.org and click on the Donate button. Dave Desell Ministries offers resources for everyday pastors so they can equip the everyday people they lead to become everyday disciples. And one of the ways that we do that is through the Everyday Pastor blog. In each post, Dave offers practical insight and personal experience born of over 40 years of pastoral leadership. This blog covers topics everyday pastors and leaders need to strengthen their skills, sharpen their vision, and care for their souls. You can find the Everyday Pastor blog on our website, davedeselmministries.org. Now let's get back to Dave and the rest of today's teaching. Having said all that, I want to talk to you about one other thing that's really important. I want to talk with you about the use of these gifts as it relates to your competency and your character. Character is who you are. Competency is what you do. It's your skill, all right? As Christians, we're to grow, certainly, in our skill, to minister with skill, to develop our gifts ongoingly. But we are not to do that at the expense of character. Call competency for this context, call this your gift, Call this your fruit. Gift of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. Here's what I know. Some people go a long way in touting all their giftedness, but their character is lacking. You've seen it. You've seen the apostle who's gifted to want to start new things. That's great. But he could care less how many people get thrown off the boat as he turns from here to here or here. He doesn't have character. You could say, I'm a prophetic voice. I want to speak about right and wrong. That's great. But if you're harsh and divisive and mean-spirited and angry, I'm an evangelist. That's a wonderful thing. I'm growing in my skill. That's a great thing. But in your evangelism, it could be that you become a brutal bully. You push people, you shove people, you buttonhole people. I'm a shepherd, but your character's not kept up with it, so you become impatient, unloving. You're a teacher, that's great, but you're proud and you're arrogant. Here's what I know. When you grow in your character, when you grow in your competence, there's all kinds of potential, but if you don't, here's what happens. If you grow in character, but you're not developing your skill and your gift, you will be what is called limited in your potential for the kingdom. You're limited. You're really growing in your character. Let me give you a list of uh, character we've got on the slide, I think. Say, what, what, what is the fruit? Well, we've got, Paul tells us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So as you're growing in your skill, what does this say about how you're growing in love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think I'm growing in this. I've got people in my life who are calling me to this. I'm in a good community that, that encourages me in this. But I've not learned much about my gift. You're going to be limited. Let's say, uh, I don't think I'm really growing that way much at all. If this is zero and this is 10, I probably have not grown that way. And I don't know what my gift is either. I, I'm just pretty much, you know, you're pretty much irrelevant. You just not do much of anything for the kingdom. You're irrelevant. You're not growing in your character. You're not growing in your skill. You're you're irrelevant. Here's, Here's the frightening one. A person who really wants to grow in their giftedness, and they've been really graced with a lot of giftedness, but they're low in their character, you can call this person, this person's dangerous. This person's dangerous. I've seen a lot of dangerous prophets. They tout their gift, but when it comes to their fruit, they're not kind, they're not gracious, they're not loving, they're arrogant and proud. Like, oh my, dangerous. You can be dangerous in all five of these, but if you're growing in both, man, you have, you got unlimited potential. You can really make a difference. Make a difference. A couple more thoughts. Some of you may have assessed out, and I heard this quite a bit. You said, okay, I was a strong teacher, but I was also a very strong prophet, and the other was like this. Did some of you do that? You had a couple, two or three that really were strong, all right? Let me, somebody said, I guess that means I'm really messed up. No! <laughs> You've got all kinds of potential because if you're pretty strong in both, you'll be able to phase easier, you'll be able to lean over into that area and stay there longer and minister with effectiveness there. The grace won't run out quite as quick when you're over there. The other thing that's really interesting, let's use teacher profit here, is how the secondary can affect the primary. That is to say, let's say you are, in fact, a strong teacher, but profit was a high number two. My guess is that when you teach then, it'll be colored by the prophet's mindset. I want to teach God's word, but we're going to lean hard into issues of righteousness and justice. Is that making sense? See how the prophet affected the teacher. Or let's say you were shepherd number two. Your teaching would be far more relational. I want to teach people how to forgive, how to raise great kids, how to love their husbands and wives. Shepherding if it was over here, affects that. Let's say you have a strong evangelistic gift and you're apostolic. I long for people to hear about Jesus, but I long for them to hear about Jesus in new areas. This classic missionary or church planter mindset. I have a heart for lost people, but I want to take the gospel to new areas, new neighborhoods, new countries. All right? That's how this kind of stuff can work together. With me, teacher is very high. Uh, My apostolic is down here, and the other three are like that. So I'm a teacher apostle. And people say, over 34 years, how have you seen that? Well, I teach. 
But also with my apostolic, it's I want to do new things. So we're going to stay in the south side of Fort Wayne. We're going to dare to become a racially diverse church. That's my apostolic rising up. It's interesting as you look at your ministry, how you do it, to see how it comes together. Because God indeed has wired you up in a very special way. And so now, let's get ready to wrap this section of Ephesians up. Let me show you how these verses are embedded in the greater part of chapter 4. Beginning in verse 1, Paul writes, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Hmm. He's talking about character there, isn't he? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, there's that great seventh verse, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And now down to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. To you who tested out as apostles, we need you. We need your ideas we need your vision. We need your entrepreneurial spirit. We need you. To you who assessed out with a high prophetic gift, we need you. We need you to call for righteousness and justice, but we also need you to have just the right word at just the right time as you pray over somebody. We need you. To you evangelists, oh, how we need you. We need you to lead the way, to set the pace in reaching out to lost people. We need you. Oh, you shepherds, we sure need you. If we don't have your love and your compassion, we can become quite brittle and harsh. We need your love for the body of Christ and to give us a sense of family on mission. And to you teachers, whether you teach from a platform, a podium, one-on-one, whether you teach adults, youth, or children, how we need you, bringing God's word to bear upon people's life, that they would become not merely hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And as Paul ends in that 16th verse, as each part does its work, we'll be built up in our unity and our maturity and are conformed to the image of Christ. Thank you so much for joining us for The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. If you're interested in exploring the resources mentioned in today's teaching, you can find links in this episode's show notes. Go to davedeselministries.org slash podcast slash 095. And as you know, Dave loves to hear from you, our listeners. So if this message has blessed you, send him an email at Dave at davedeselministries.org. Then join us next time as we look to God's word for help and hope as we follow Jesus every day.